Welcome to the Live Life Out Loud Conversations. I'm your host, Nicole Long, owner and founder of Coaching for Life LLC and Coaching for Life Books. This is the podcast for all my multi-passionate creators and dreamers who are ready to tell their story and monetize their passions. We'll cover topics from A to Z in this podcast, all to help you, my multi-passionate friend, personify faith in action and really live your biggest dreams out loud. Let's do this. And we're back with episode two, the Live Life Out Loud Conversations. I have the pleasure of reintroducing you to some, introducing you for the first time to others, Coach Amber of her Catalyst Coaching and bestseller author. Listen up. We have some great conversations regarding coffee, motherhood, hiking, desert, and so much more. Stay tuned. It's a good one. All right, well, we're just going to jump right on in. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, and then we're just going to take it away. My name is Amber Schumacher, and I am a life coach specializing in mission, motherhood, and mindset. I love that. And can you explain a little bit more? Because when I was looking at your bio for the book, I saw that mission part. Can you explain a little bit more what a mission coach is? Yes. So ultimately, through just... um, a process of going, the Lord really just revealed and showed me that he is excited and has a passion um, to help women connect with work that he has planned for them. Mm. And ultimately that is mission. And so for some women, that is um, something specific in her motherhood. It is launching a ministry. It is writing a book. It is starting a podcast. It's, um, creating a nonprofit, it's building a business, it's leading a small group. Um, And so mission is anything that you are moving in for the kingdom. I love that. And that's so funny because as you're listing things, I was like, wait, she's listing everything I do. And I I always thought of it as a ministry, but it never connected and correlated as mission. Because when you're thinking mission, I'm thinking, especially for my area, I'm thinking missionary, right? I'm thinking I'm out in the field, in the trenches, in the destitute areas, but I say destitute souls with God. Like, yes. And I think um, in this last season, you know, I had a chance to um, spend some time in seminary. And that time there Mm -hmm. really helped me connect with some ancient stories of, um, you know, some ancient people in history who were living out the early days of what we call Christianity today mm-hmm, in a Jesus shaped mm-hmm. life. And it was interesting because um, there was one particular story that just kind of captured me. You know, you, you go through a, a whole heck of a ton of coursework in one yes, semester. And yes, this do. one um, I felt so validated because my classmate was like, this is the heaviest course load I've ever taken. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is my first time back to college. And I don't know how long. And I just thought I was crazy and couldn't hang. And she was like, no, <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, thank you. But this one, <laughs> you just need a little to keep going. <laughs> yes, right? It's yes. fine. Sometimes that's what coaches do. We give you Absolutely. just enough to keep going. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> But this story was ultimately of a man who had failed over and over as a missionary. And I mean, epic fail, guys. Like, you're like, wow, maybe you're doing the wrong thing. You're on the wrong mission. Um, (laughs) Until he has this one groundbreaking moment. And ultimately, 
um, he was able to take all those failures as a missionary and look at the problem and be like, what am I doing wrong? Like I felt this call. I know that I know that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately God was calling him to be a missionary, but that his mission was to convert the converted. Mm. And so it was to get a hold of the hearts for the kingdom because they only had um, kind of the head knowledge mm-hmm. of faith. And they had a lot of political reasons for being mm-hmm. Christians, but they really had not connected with an experiential God. Come on. Um, yeah. And so this is where, you know, we want to be careful with that whole idea of missionary. Yes. It sounds like mission and, and why I love being able to even use the title that peaks just that inch of curiosity. Like, wait, what the heck is that? Absolutely. Um, and really helping connect like, man, we have people in our backyards and our churches and in our yes. homes who yeah. have really just a ground level understanding of Christianity, of who God is, of who Jesus is, of of let's go with what Holy Spirit is because they're like not even connecting that that's a who, right? So come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just a really interesting place. And I just had this moment in my journal as like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. Like my heart has been burdened for the women in and around the church and for families in and around the church. Cause I felt like a failure when I was like, well, I don't feel like I am going out and, and seeking the lost. And right. he was just like, Amber, my people are lost. Yeah, People who use my name are lost yeah. and they're hungry and craving and so desperate for um, an experiential faith and for a faith that just changes their souls, not changes yeah. their minds. minds. That's good. I like that. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Look at that all put together. <laughs> no. Uh. That's good. But, you know, and I also think, and I know you don't get to that point of clarity without going through some things. And so, yeah. And I know you've written um, in a couple of uh, published published, uh, pieces with me, but this one explained just a little without giving too much away uh, what you wrote kind of why you wrote it or what brought you to this point? Okay, this is what I'm going to add for this devotional. So the first time you invited me to write, I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, sure. Like God <laughs> literally just told me three months ago that I'm going to write something, but you want me to write about what? Like it doesn't even add up. I'm in this season where I'm right. questioning what I was doing in the first place. Right, right, um, right. This time when you reached out, I was like, oh, shoot. I'm like 98.9% sure what the Lord's going to ask me to write. And I don't know if I feel super comfortable Mm -hmm. putting it out into the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we have hard experiences that involve other people, um, it can be really challenging for myself. I took, I had this season where I was just taking these hits and really believing it was about me, really believing it was, you know, this mess was my fault, mm-hmm. um, the issues in like my home and my mission mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my ministry and all the things was my fault. Personal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had done it and then I was receiving that feedback, you know, yeah. and so um, really just facing some, some issues where my Our character is being called out mm-hmm. and, you know, I do believe that there is a time and a space for that. And I welcome, you know, healthy criticism with a strong feedback loop that, you know, challenges us towards 
growth and change. Um, and you know, this is that whole speak the truth in love piece, right? Like yeah, it's, yeah. there's a tangible way to do that. Um, and, but I didn't grow up in the church. And so this, you know, experience of kind of being in the place that I was supposed to call home and, and being rejected is really yeah. what I was facing. Um, and kind of taking that rejection on as something I had caused, something I had done, something that needed to be refined or changed in me. Um, and yes, okay, there ain't nothing we can go through that doesn't involve something that has to do with my own heart, right? Um, right. And even facing conflict, like we have a responsibility in how we're going to face that, right? And mm-hmm. we are accountable to that. Um, but really what came out of it, you know, after like some brokenness and some wilderness and some <laughs> desert and, and, you know, desolation and all the things, but sometimes when your heart gets blown up, um, and you know, the dust settles and you can wade through the mess yes, and you can, yes. you see like that glimmer of something like mm. we have a choice in that moment to either look up, look at that light get curious, get innovative, let the experience have, like, we're responsible for a positive outcome. We're responsible for the change. We're responsible for that. Even if somebody else did all the stuff, right? Come on. And so I had a moment where I was just struggling to get up and, and like rectify, like this cannot be the abundant life like that. You, you listed out, like you called out and you, you, you like literally you are, God. Yes, yes. abundance and yes. maybe I have abundance wrong like <laughs> this is not it <laughs> see but this for sure is not it because I feel empty and I feel shackled and I yeah, feel broken on. and I feel you know all these things and I had you know radical transformation story so I hit this point where I was like where did all of that go where did all yes. that that goodness and fire like where mm-hmm. did it go and mm-hmm. and um, you know, through just a process of writing and let me tell you what, there's nothing like a desperate soul to get your butt in front of Jesus, right? Yes. Like if I did not have my most desperate moments, I wouldn't Brokenness. have the faith that I have today because that's yes. literally where On we find our, yes. ourselves at the yes. end of ourselves where we're like, yeah. I have nothing left. Nothing Either you take left. over or I'm literally going to die. Stop. Yes. Yes. It's the, I call it the do or die moment. Yes. And right? so that do or die, we can lean into Jesus or we can lean we can, out. And I right. already knew. And I was tapping out. I already self. knew what was on the outside, right? Because gotcha. I came mm-hmm. from trauma and brokenness and a Jesus empty void life. Gotcha. Like gotcha. I was not going back there. Gotcha. And so I um, just literally started asking God, I'm like, God, you got, you got to show me you got to show me what's next and you got to show me what, what, if I have a part, can you show me what my part is? And right. man, if I'm going to heal, like I need you to show me your way, show me your heart, show me who you mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and I need more of you. And so I just started sitting with him, no more tasking, right? Yeah. No more getting like no more Bible study. Like yeah. I know some people are going to be like, she just said what? No, but I needed him to speak to me. Yes. And I did not need to pick up somebody else's words that were for them. And I believe Bible study has a time and a place, but in desperation, I think there is 
such a pivotal positioning of learning how to be uncomfortable with having no structure, being uncomfortable with having no system, being uncomfortable with having no, you know, but it opens up a place where you can get really curious. And when you feel stuck, it forces you to go seek the answer from God himself instead of other people. And so I made a commitment and I was like, all right, God, that's good. And I, I hired a coach. Okay. Cause I was in a place where I <laughs> couldn't get coaches. They do. And if your coach doesn't have a coach, you should get a new coach. That part. Um, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to the point where I was like, I can't see straight anymore. And I need somebody to help me just uncover and unpack some mm-hmm. of this mess mm-hmm. because I've lost myself. I've lost mm. my way and I've lost myself and I know she's in there, but I'm not sure how, to, how I get back. Right. And so I hired my coach and she really challenged me. She's like, okay, so when did you abandon your first loves and your first call? And I was like, Ooh. Um, <laughs> diving deep, <laughs> like somewhere down in that pit is where I abandoned it. But I can't tell you when that was. I just know it's in there. Um, and so her challenge for me was like, how do you get back to the places where you heard God the most clearly? Mm-hmm. And for myself in a different season of despair, I had picked up running and running was the place is the place where, um, I really just, I get these kingdom downloads is what I call them. And I can really just sense direction there, but I had to learn that even I had to recommit my runs to the Lord. Like I was going out there for a little while in my aggression and pounding pavement, right? right like right. I, yeah, for sure. Did Stress not have release. an agenda to yes. connect with Jesus while I was like running out my anger and aggression. Right. And, right. and I'm not going to say that that shouldn't happen either. Like you right. have to have a way to get painful energy get it out. out of your body. Yes, ma'am. Um, but because I had committed that to the Lord, I was being disobedient and I had to bring back some element of that and recommit it to listening to God. And so I uh, slowed down. I was like, all right, we're going to go slow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm going to be willing to stop and listen in the middle of a run. Like if I Mm -hmm. need to stop and listen or pray or take a note, like I'm going to give myself permission um, to listen well. And so then I also added in like, I need margin when I get home at some point to be able to, you know, finish my prayer time or finish just whatever it looks like for me to listen and right. turn my worship music off. Cause I do run with worship music. And so am I willing to create two to four minutes of so quiet good. time and practice mm-hmm. listening, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of these are ancient practices too. And they, Absolutely. people get all weird about Woo-woo. some of that stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hey, guys, <laughs> like make it what you're yeah. going to make it. But yeah. like our, our early church fathers were doing this. And so, um, you know, what if we could get back to the roots and the value and, you know, the ways that Jesus taught us to connect with him and uh, have open-ended conversation with him. And so what came out of that, when I look at my journals, um, you know, at one point you asked us, you're like, what would the theme be if you could just, you know, title your entries? And I was like, oh girl, at first I was like, I had something a little snarky to say. And I was like, well, maybe that's not it. Um, (laughs) uh, But the theme really was. for snarky? uh, No. (laughs) What are you talking about? Um, Kingdom resilience. And, 
you know, what that kingdom, those kingdom resilience themes were really showing to me, showing me um, was that my strong willed personality as a woman in the church, when it is tempered under um, God's authority is not dangerous. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a really powerful moment for me. And um, I had a girlfriend yesterday during a coaching session with me, look at me and she's like, what do you do with all that holy defiance? And I was like, Oh, I was like, you know, I'm not afraid of my holy defiance anymore because it has become a motivator for me to, um, keep going, you know, like I cannot, it keeps me up at night. Like the, the value of Mm -hmm. women on mission for the Mm -hmm. kingdom, Mm -hmm. you guys, it riles me up. Like Mm -hmm. I, that's, that's where you get spicy Amber. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot let it go. I can't make Mm -hmm. it stop. I can't stop thinking about it, dreaming Mm -hmm. about it, creating, um, you know, coaching material and opportunities for, for women to take that kind of, because what I think it, looks like, I think we overlook these little bits of longing that we experience, right? We, we kind of put a label around longing is selfish, right? Like that's my own selfish desire. That's really about me. That's me trying to earn something, gain something, do something. That's me. And I'm like, man, my longing started as a seed. I saw where women first of all, we're hurting each other because they were buying all of the negative narratives around women. Mm-hmm. And I was one of them. And so mm-hmm. I always am like, God, that's funny. You took like the most snarky girl about women. And then you were like, you's going to serve women. It'll be fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I made a mess. Like I have not done all the things good, but we <laughs> only <laughs> learn if we're willing to like be in the mess, right? right if we're willing right. to go with him, if we're willing to trust what he wants to do. And my biggest prayer was always, God, you've got to help me see what you see. You've got to help me love the way you love. And yes. so he answered that prayer. And when I go back through my journals, I'm like, why is my heart always breaking around the way women mm. treat each other, around um, the way structures treat women in and around mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. church and on mission? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why does this hurt? Mm-hmm. And and God was like, because it hurts me. There you go. And if you can see what hurts me and if you can feel what hurts me, well, all of a sudden you got a whole different motivator, mm-hmm. right? And that motivator is the motivator that moved Jesus to do the things that he did and it's compassion. Yeah. And if your heart doesn't break for something, you cannot have compassion, compassion. and you cannot mm-hmm. go do something about it mm-hmm. because compassion is always the thing that moves us. And so even when you read what I wrote, there's a little bit of spice in there. Like, I'm going to be honest, like even yesterday I was like, did I really write that? Is she really going to let me keep that? I don't know how I feel about that anymore. (laughs) That's so sad. (laughs) I'm like, I'm scared. I said that out loud. Okay. That's that's what makes it authentic. And that's what makes it raw. Like I, this is probably one of the projects that I've done the least editing on. I just like, you know what, God, it's raw. It's real. Some of it is not even put on with a pretty bow. This is, this is us. And with each entry, you'll see where each person was. 
and you'll feel the words and the heart and the soul and the anguish or the joy or whatever that is on paper. No bows. No bows. No bows. And I legit, and I, I think I get most excited about that because I think when I look at what I'm experiencing, um, you know, in and around the lives of the women that I haven't been entrusted to be a part of, mm-hmm. they're desperate for no bows. They're like, yeah. I don't want your mouth like fancy, sparkly, shiny yes. moment. Like, yes, I, yes, I want to know it's there because that's also real, but Absolutely. also like, I feel like an epic failure every time I look at somebody's shiny. Life and I'm like, yes, where's where's the poop storm? Where is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because y'all yeah. are and and we're all doing it as a way to protect our ourselves. reels and, and our prettiness. Yes, for I mean, if you see my reels, they're not always real pretty, but it's all right. I love um, your reels. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I think when, especially right now, I'm in an interesting position. You know, I have had just this beautiful, unique experience to to walk with um, some young adults. And when I look at what the young adults, the questions that they're asking, where their hearts are, man, they just are not looking for fluff. They don't want Mm -mm. no fluff. They're Mm -mm. like, I Mm want to know you're real. I want to know that you Mm -hmm. messed up royally. I want to know that God redeemed your stuff. I want to (laughs) know that you had stuff to redeem. Come on. I want to know the story behind the story. I want to know how you got here. I want to know like why it seems like you're successful in this thing. And I'm like, Hey, first of all, you only get success if you can like sit in your mess. If you can sit in it, if you can like own that you participated in it, if you can even get yourself to a place to where you can outwardly confess to the world appears. And this is, you know, there are sacred things that I yes. won't write about. Like yes. those are between Absolutely. me and God. And, Absolutely. I, and I do think sometimes that generation is like, I want all of it. And I'm like, no, no you sorry. Ain't all of it. Yeah. Um, and so really even talking about, there's a difference between the sacred moments that are between you and God and your family. And then yeah. the moments that he, and sometimes I'll think something sacred. And then he's like, and it's been six years and now's the time. I'm like, Oh, sweet Jesus. Here we go. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Um, and so, but being okay with sacred moments and even giving other people permission to have their sacred moments, but really looking at them through the lens of humanity, but also through the lens of Christ, like we are both. And so, mm-hmm. um, if we, if we keep playing the game where we put all of the believers up on the mountaintop Bears. with mm-hmm. like glitter and sparkles mm-hmm. and goodies and mm-hmm. magic, mm-hmm. we're going to preach a false gospel and we are taking Jesus on the cross out of the everyday, ordinary, mundane, deep and desperate, dark places. And so then when we hit a little speed bump, we get taken lost. Um, I get it. If I got to be taken out for some big things, but I don't want to be taken out for every speed bump because that's a lot. I don't got time for that. Like <laughs> as I'm getting older, I'm like, Hey God, we don't got much time. What are we doing today? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. You know, I... <laughs> there's a difference between <clears throat> rushing kingdom work and <clears throat> um, accepting God's timing with 
like a sense of urgency. Does that make sense? Like we don't need to be in a hurry, but I do believe that there is an urgency. And I feel like that's what woke me up. God was like, there's things to do. And now's the time because my, my, for me, it was my daughters are suffering. Mm. God was clear. My girls are suffering and they don't need to suffer one minute longer. So do you, you know, I'm inviting you to come with me. Like, are you willing to, to get scared? Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to show up in places? Like I got invited to places and I was like, what are we doing here? I'm scared. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know how to lead these people. And he was like, Amber, I didn't ask you to lead anybody. I asked you to come here and observe my daughters. I need you to see them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and he reminded me like the seeing is half the work. If you only ever see them on the outside, you never know where to go. Right. But if you can make time to and tap into that see Holy Spirit hearts. power and that Holy mm-hmm. Spirit work in you mm-hmm. and see their hearts. And so before mm-hmm. I go anywhere, I'm like, all right, God, I don't know what we're doing here, but you know what we're doing here. And you asked me to say yes. And I was like, I'm going to say yes, because I trust that this is where you're asking me to go. I'm uncomfortable. So I need you to help me first and foremost, see you. And second, like, help me see what's under there. God, help me see their, their hearts. Help me see their spirits. Help me see what you see and help me just connect with you. Like, and most of the time I don't do any work there, but let me tell you what I get in the car on the way home and I weep because yeah. what I'm encountering is a generation of women, generations of women desperate for healing, desperate for the gospel, desperate for freedom. And they are looking towards all the things to, to, to fill that. And they are feeling good for a minute, but Mm -hmm. it is not going to be the change that lasts. It's not going to be that whole everlasting, you know, until you meet the pearly gates, like it's temporal and it goes away and it's not real and it's not gospel and it's not Jesus. Mm. And I just apparently (laughs) can't let that go. I can't (laughs) let that go. Um, And, and so like, are we willing are we willing to um, allow that holy defiance? Are we willing to um, be uncomfortable for the glory of God? Like, and, and like I said, I don't always love it because I like to be a fixer. Like, come mm-hmm. on, everybody mm-hmm. wants to, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be there for the miracle moment. Right. Um, and so really getting good with the thought, like, am I just available? Am I available so that when poop hits the fan in their life, they know who to call right. in that moment. They right. know that they have at least one safe place or one safe person mm-hmm. um, who's willing to get in the trenches with them right. and sit and weep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe not even direct them towards anything other than a willingness to sit in the mess with them. Like, mm-hmm. can we be those girls? Yeah. And I think that's who these authors are. I think these authors yeah. in when the dust settles, I think yeah. they're the girls who are going to sit in the trenches with you. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. And you are so right. Cause you, you know, you've, you're privy to some of the authors with your friendships and coaching relationships, but some of these you don't even know, but I go back and I'm just getting glimpses of their stories and looking at these women and they are absolutely the ones to sit in the trenches when it was just him and us. And so to fill that loneliness of another human, of another woman who's like, 
I got you. You don't have to say a word. I'm here. We know what it feels like to have that absence. And so we have the heart to be there for the next person and say, you don't have to go through it alone. We're here. I'm here. I get it. Don't say a word. I'm here. That right there is absolutely every one of us. Yeah. Every one of us. Wow. Wow. And it's so, you know, these projects come to me <laughs> always, never at a convenient time. Never. Okay. <laughs> it was convenient and God wouldn't be getting the glory. Nicole would be. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely not me. <laughs> it's definitely not me. <laughs> and it even comes with, I'm never jumping in with, yeah, all right, let's do this. It, when I finally show up on camera and say, oh, I'm so excited, we're going to do <laughs> You've already lamented, told yes. God, this is a yes. terrible idea. Yes. I don't have yes. time. I don't have capacity. You're I've crazy. You picked the wrong girl. <laughs> he is I'm thinking. tired. Like, all, stuff's a hot all mess of in these. my life. I am not the one you pick. You, and you, he's like, Perfect. No. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. I like, you know, it's like literally ever God pick somebody else. Like, like, let me loose on this one. Not, not this one, not this time. Not this one. I'm done. Like literally even after volume two and then Corona hit, right. I'm done. I will never publish another book again. <laughs> like, Girl, I, don't you know the law? You cannot <laughs> say never. Cause it's for sure happening. If you say never, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, like I almost to the point where I mean, let me just go ahead and close my Amazon publishing account. Like there's no point in still having it. What? Like even to some of the some of the uh, individual um, authors. So I'm like, here's your rights, here's your stuff. Like here's how you set it up. I'm not the game. You lied to yourself. <laughs> all the way, all the way. But I will say, in the midst of all of. I can't see, I can't say that because it's still this. And the midst of all of this now, I'm finding that God's allowing me to find the joy again. And that I am feeling elevated from the stories you guys share, the transparency that is being told. And not only for our lives to be changed, but the lives of so many others who are going to touch this. I mean, and it's pretty, but I'm going to really you're not wrong. It's so this. pretty. It's so pretty. The book, like when we talk about the sparkles and the glitter, when that dust settles, we didn't have grindy Egyptian type dust. This is, this is the, the, the dust sparkles that you blow on a pretty cake when they have like the edible glitter. That's the kind yes. of dust, right? Yes. But I think what I love about that is it is like such a real picture. Like it yes. feels like you're in a nasty dust, right? Like yes. it, when you're in it and you can't yes. see out. But yes. let me tell you what, yes. what I love about when you invite me to write, when you invite me, especially because I feel like you give me a lot of permission. <laughs> you give me a lot of permission. Sometimes I'm like, why doesn't she edit my stuff? I'm scared. Nope, not uh, this one. <laughs> um, even the last one, I was like, oh, she's really going to let that be in there. Okay. Um, you give me a lot of permission. And I know that that is also just kingdom trust, right? You give yeah. me a lot of permission. But what I love about the whole writing process and why I think I was so grateful and actually even, you know, more like, 
I mean, my biggest hesitation this time was really capacity. I'm like, uh, I just launched a new coaching business. I, um, still run social media accounts. I am mm-hmm. in seminary, like, and I could just hear God, like my capacity is your capacity. You're looking at yeah. your capacity, like my human capacity for sure. There wasn't Ooh. room for that. Um, but when God invites us to do something, he's going to give us the capacity for that. So yeah. when I coach you, I will, yeah. I will go through yeah. your stuff and I'll be like, that's yeah. human capacity. Yeah. That's kingdom capacity. We're going to go yeah. ahead and say yes to that one. Happens that. Um, yeah. but every time I come into a writing project with anybody, um, or even developing a, a program or a new coaching retreat or workshop or yeah. whatever, when I, yeah. because I always use story, storytelling is just the way that yeah. I love to create those things. Yes. Um, it brings the humanity piece into the work that you're going to do. And, um, but every time I go in and, and look back and touch the things that I'm being invited to write about every time, my initial perspective is <clears throat> I don't want to go back into that sandstorm. I don't want to go back into that mess. Like, I don't want to go in there. But every single time that I go back there, right, not to live there, but to go hang out. And basically all I'm doing is looking for God, right? I'm looking for where God was. Yes. Um, Where did you pick me up at? (laughs) Yeah. Where'd you pick me up at, bro? Um, And when I can find where, where he literally picked me up, where he started to, to move me and heal me, Mm -hmm. like, I no longer see that nasty sand, stand, yes. you know, that grimy yes. sandstorm. Yes. yes. I see yes. like this beautiful, yes. sparkly, yes. like magical and mystical moment where like yeah. real transformation happened. Yes. Like God's glory came down, like that the whole like, kingdom yes. of heaven on earth. Like, yes, it's, that's what I, it's the picturesque. book cover is how I imagine it's, that. Right. Yeah, like, it's I'm picturesque. like, it's, it is picturesque. It's like yeah. this beautiful moment and it is a beautiful Thank mark. Yes. And I think that's really important. Ooh, the like, I guess <laughs> I keep the mark, right? And yeah. I think we're a generation Ooh. who's just like, I'm here for the cure. Mm-mm. And I'm like, Ooh, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. girl, the, the cure is in heaven. Yeah, However, we are promised healing. Yeah. And we get to pursue healing under Jesus name, right? Like right. healing and a and a cure are not the same thing. And no. if we can get off, if we can get off the cure bus, we can have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it, it's no different than a surgical procedure, right? You there's some pain, there's some incision, there's some blood, there's some whether you're numb to it or not. There's some real intricate work and in going on to get to that healing spot. And then even after the surgery, whether it's cosmetic, whether it's voluntary, whatever that looks like, there's still some pain that's attached to it as you go through the process. And it's not, not instantaneous. Not to mention <laughs> that physical mark, right? Your yes. Left scar. It doesn't matter how minimally invasive they promise. Let's go. Right. Like, yes, there's a scar. Like I birthed my babies via C-section. I got a scar. Hello. I have memories. (laughs) Yes. And so when I think about that, I'm like, if I have physical scars of the healing work, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, here on earth, like, Mm -hmm. can I look at my story and can I look at my soul Mm. and can I go find the scars that are there, like, and, and do I allow other people to see my scars or am I walking around mm. with band-aids, which is hilarious, right? Cause we've right. been trying and to hide our scars. Obvious. Right. And now, now it's extra obvious. Cause you have like a Mickey mouse bandaid on there. Right. Cause no <laughs> mom has plain band-aids. You no, don't. You got scratch and sniff. You got plain that. band-aids. Snap, First of wait, all, scratch and sniff scratch bacon. And sniff. Yeah. Oh, come on. That's hilarious. 
baking yet. I got strawberries. Yes. Uh, but, you know, um, I think it's so funny when I look at that picture. I'm like, I just put me a Band-Aid over my scar. But the Band-Aid's more obvious than the scar. Like, why can't I let my scar be? Like, what if my mm. scar is beautiful and I don't mm. need me a scratch and sniff Band-Aid, right? I don't, need to, I don't need to walk around with that. Um, because then it just feels like you're walking around in this like false self, false. Mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. you know, some of my favorite work that I get to do is I get to help women connect with their weaknesses and really find their, their story and their strength and, and, and just like the glory, um, in her weaknesses, like somehow we, we believe our weaknesses are disqualifiers rather, rather than the thing that motivated us and, and move us. And, you know, I talk a lot about that in this book and I talk a lot about that in a lot of places because, um, my favorite tool and my favorite resource that I offer as a coach and like, all right, well, let's go through your story. Let's go look at your story. And I actually created this story mapping, um, coaching program because of the first book, because Uh of what you invited me to. And so, um, it's such a powerful process of, you know, we don't live back there. We just, we touch base. We look for God's glory. We look for where he picked you up and and put you on that kingdom bus and started. It ain't a struggle bus. It's a kingdom bus. It's got glitter. Um, and it's moving forward. Um, but you know, we have really allowed, um, our brokenness, the hard parts of our stories, our weaknesses. Um, you know, I didn't have the most glorious childhood. And so for a long time, um, I let either that mindset really Mm -hmm. squash me, or I let Mm -hmm. that story, you know, disqualify me, the Mm -hmm. weaknesses that I experienced there. You know, I let that bleed into my motherhood. I let that bleed Mm -hmm. into my marriage. I let that bleed into my ministry, my mission, into my work. Um, until I finally had that defining moment where I was like, Ooh, what if like those weaknesses are actually also attached to my strengths and what I bring to the table and what I bring into the world and where my kingdom resilience comes from and where like my, my iron will comes from like who. And so for me, it was God clearly, I can remember thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't know. And I could hear God on a run and I was lamenting like sackcloth guys. This was like, (laughs) I was not winning in life. Okay. I was not winning in life. Life was not winning around me. Like, like, I'm like, we are all going to die. All of us. I'm going to die. And you're going to die. And you're going to, I was like, Oprah, I was giving away death. Like no big deal. Yeah. And, and, and I could remember, uh, I mean, I was just, guys talk about pounding pavement, like in that sackcloth desperation. And I was just, I was mad and I was hurt and I was frustrated. And it was like, I was using even scripture against God. I was like, you promised. (laughs) You said this in black and white. It's right here. It's right here. You saved me. Then you left me to hang. Like what? And he was like, I did. I left Mm. you to hang because I got something else in you that needs to die. And when that thing, thing dies, like you'll, you'll, you'll have new life. And, yeah. and he, then he would just, I can remember it stopped me. It took my breath away. And he said, Amber, who told you that? Oof. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to have to go find out. <laughs> my second grade Sunday school teacher. <laughs> my mama, my daddy, my pastor, 
myself. Somebody said it right. Somebody, Somebody said, said it. it. You know, and that process has really become the anchor for my my life and for my coaching business, for my family. I'm like, who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that? Told and sometimes you that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but I should probably go find out. <laughs> Maybe it was me. Maybe I'm, wasn't there a Taylor Swift song right now? It was me. It was me. <laughs> I've done it. I'm going to make that real. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love the transparency and honesty. (laughs) Even when I read your title, I was like, yep, I'm going to keep that one right there because it's like, who told you that? I think honestly, I, I, even I was reading it, I don't, I forgot what correlation came in mind for me, but I was like, wait, who did tell me that? Like, where did I, like, you know what I mean? Like, where did you get that? And how did I, not even a pretty bow, I made this artificial, didn't even go to Joanne's, took something else and just made a bow on top of it. And this was like, this is what God said it looked like. Like, no, where did I get that from? This falsified trinket of religion. And I'm like, who, what, where? And I'm trying to identify what church was I at? What leadership pool was I under? Like, it's somebody else's fault but mine, right? For sure, somebody else's fault. (laughs) And then you're looking, you're like, no, actually, they even cautioned me into not interpret it that way. <laughs> and here I was. And then I literally, and then you still like, okay, God, if I interpreted it this wrong way this entire time, why don't you let me go on this long? And he's like, I didn't, you chose it. I'm like, what? You can stop me and pick me. Like, I always feel like it's like Candyland, right? And you pick it up and it's like, go back. Go back to red. Go back to go, go back. You. I really been... hate that big, long, slippery slide. Like, why? I was almost winning. I was almost winning, and it took I me all the way back. To every start. time. Every time. <laughs> like, I don't remember the last time I won at that game. Okay, no matter what age I play with, whether I'm playing with a four-year-old, whether I'm playing with a forty-year-old, I lose. <laughs> and like, now we have a life lesson. And then John, yes. thanks to <laughs> like, Candyland, red two squares back. Oh, great. Thanks. I thought right. I was done. I really just wanted I, to be done. I just wanted the lollipop. I only wanted the lollipop. I'm only also, here for game, the lollipop. That game never ends. It never ends. And you're just like, I'm in turmoil forever <laughs> for the rest of my life because it never ends. You keep sending me back. Here we go. Life story. Life correlation. Like, seriously. And it's just like, but I never gave you that as your marching orders. I never gave you that as even the cross to bear. Sometimes we take crosses that are not ours they are not ours not ours no lie I was carrying a cross for 20 years that was not mine and God finally snatched mm. it away mm. and then you're like wait what <laughs> wait. A I don't know about you but then then I look at myself I'm like why I carry that around so long like what was I doing and then when the weights lifted you're like oh and then I'm like when the dust settles and you're like oh ah. wait it is pretty this is here. What it feels like. supposed to look like the whole time. Well, and, and what's funny is like I think that it's so that I love that you say that. Like, oh, it's so pretty because I remember, you know, I, I relocated from yes. Southern California to Washington. Yes. And yes. um in one of like our really just dark seasons, um uh just the struggle bus in Southern California yeah. and and I remember, you know, we were broke. We couldn't like, but we love to explore. And we were mm-hmm. just like, we got to get out of this house. Like, mm-hmm. We got to go 
um, and really um, fill my husband's bucket. Like he needs to mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we always would travel to the Sierra Nevadas. Like we wanted okay. trees and mountains and yeah. kind of things. Yeah. And in this season, like we couldn't afford the gas to get there. So right. we were like, all right, well, I, let's get a little curious. Like what's closer yeah. to home? Where, where can we still meet that need for you Mm -hmm. to go be in God's presence in God's glory and in his face? And he's like, well, we live in the freaking desert. And I was like, what if the desert could be beautiful? Right. Like you lost that, that cross that wasn't yours to carry, but you didn't necessarily get transported out of the desert. Like the desert has its own kind of beauty. And those two years of- Um, you know, desperation and not being able to do what we would have chosen led us to this place. And so we used to go cruise, like we would go, we're kind of crazy. I'll have to find some pictures for you guys. Um, but we would go hit route 66, like I mean, the next generation doesn't even know where 66 is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's this road that, um, is now desolate because they built a freeway literally right next right to it. The, so you, yeah. can, you can be on yeah. route 66 and the freeway. And you the, can watch yeah. people like blaze by on the freeway. And it's, and so it's kind of this weird dichotomy of like the past and the future in the same place in the desert. But, you know, because we chose to be curious, it led us to a new beauty that we just had assumed mm-hmm. couldn't ever be there. Right. Most people, yeah. there are a few people who are like diehard fans of the desert. We weren't those. Right. Um, but we have a new affinity for the desert. Absolutely. Like we would go rock hounding and we would find these beautiful treasures buried underneath the earth. Right. And we would find these um, caverns and we would literally spend the night in the back of our truck. My husband mm-hmm. converted the, the bed mm-hmm. of the truck into like this camper shell mm-hmm. and this little campy thing. And so we mm-hmm. were like these, these crazy nomads out in the desert yeah. with our tiny babies. And we would yeah. drag his sister and their kids along. Yeah. And, you know, we could, and so we look back now and we're like, those are some of the most beautiful Proudest adventures moments. that we had uh-huh. as God was undoing something in us and helping us see that, like that, that desert that we thought was desolate and ugly and worthless right. and terrible and like not worthy of our affection hmm. has now it's, it's plastered on our walls here in this, yeah, in this house. Now awesome. we live in the forest. Yeah, And the desert is plastered on the walls as this reminder of like, God does beautiful things in the least expected places or the places that we already wrote off. And when we release the cross that wasn't ours to carry and the thoughts and the mindsets that were all mine, like he didn't give those to me. And we have the most magical sunsets and we have, you know, these beautiful little rocks that we have, these crystals that we found in the middle of the desert. And you know what? One time, do you, do you love it when God like, just like surprises you? He's just like, here's a, here's an extra nugget. nugget. Like, yes, I want to bring you some epic joy. And I was like, epic joy in the middle of the desert. Like that doesn't add up in our our Jesus shaped brains, right? Like that's not what we think of the desert. And I remember, um, my, I can, I still have this beautiful picture and I love that God allowed me to keep that memory even. Um, and I'm sure we'll never forget, but my husband had my little boy in his lap, you know, diaper clad baby, just like it's the Mm -hmm. middle of the desert and we're not on the road. He's just driving the truck, right? He is so happy. And all of a sudden, no lie. We see a giant ostrich fly by us. (gasps) Oh, And we're like, what is that critter in the middle of the desert? Like, 
I don't think ostriches live out here. Right. <laughs> Where are they getting their water? What is happening? And so yeah. I remember we're just, I have video. I We're chasing the ostrich through the desert. Like there's a dust cloud behind us. Like if you've ever seen the documentary <laughs> Dust to yes. Glory, that was yes. us. Like yes. we're just... Yes. Trucking through the desert, dying, laughing because we're like, it, it ran by us so fast. We're like, what is that? Like, yeah. I need to know what that yeah, thing I'm going is. Going closer, yes. Um, and then curiosity. you know that that beautiful picture of like, just we're dying, laughing, just racing through the desert, chasing this random animal. Um, we get this beautiful sunset at the end of the day, and and I look at that and I'm like, that's just like you, God. It's just like you mm. to take the most unlikely, the most crummy circumstance and really show me like, it's actually beautiful. What if the desert doesn't suck so much? Mm, That's good. That's good. What if the desert doesn't suck so much? That's, (laughs) hey, that's a quote. (laughs) That's right there. That's amazing. So Amber, where can we find you with your business coaching business? Do you have any promotions going on right now? Any specials you want to share with our listeners and readers? What you got? Yes. So, um, you can find me online at hercatalystcoaching.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I say I'm on Facebook, but that's probably a lie. I just, <laughs> you're parked there. <laughs> I'm parked there. Instagram is fun for me. And so yeah. I spend more time over there. Um, Good. I do more storytelling. You can find me just, I think it's Amber Schumacher on mm-hmm. Instagram and you'll find mm-hmm. more of my personal stories and my parenting yeah. stories there. Um, I do have, so if you mention when the dust settles, um, and either this podcast or the book, um, I do have a little free gift for you. So, Aww. um, yes. And I will on any six session package, um, you'll get 10% off. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. That's amazing. Yes. We'll package that up and share that for our readers and listeners. Um, what are you doing since you're now in the forest area, not necessarily the desert, excuse me. <laughs> what are you doing in your past fun time when you're not, you're just, you're just you, you're, you're not waiting for any downloads. You're not, you know, healing. We just, what are you doing for fun? Where, where are you? What are you finding me doing? Yes. So I do love hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's, slow running, but whatever it's, it's, (laughs) um, I love hiking because, and I love people with, I love, I do love adventure. Um, I had to for adventure for a little while, but I actually really love adventure. And, um, after some just healing work, my mom reminded me, like as a little girl, I loved adventure. I love trying things. Um, and so that we live in a beautiful area. So I Mm -hmm. love just calling up a couple girlfriends and going for a hike. Um, I really have kind of maybe an unhealthy obsession with craft coffee. <laughs> and so you will probably find me like researching new coffee shops and meeting coffee shop owners and having them. Lit- I'm the crazy lady who comes in and I'm like, so um, this is how I'm feeling today. Can you make me a coffee that matches that? That would be great. <laughs> so explain craft coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. So it's just like a different name and it's just not uh Starbucks or what, like what's craft? Yeah. So it, it tends to be, I prefer, um, 
like a local coffee roaster gotcha. who roasts their own coffee and who kind of, and who makes like these kind of epicurious coffee drinks. So like they put cardamom in my coffee or the okay. other day, um, my new friend at Patati coffee, I, he really just indulged me. He brought out like this, this cute little round. It looked like a charcuterie tray, but it had my uh-huh. coffee on it. And I was like, you had me at charcuterie tray, but <laughs> right, there's coffee right, on there. We're right, winning. Right. Um, and so I was like, I want maple cause it's fall. And he was like, okay. And so he came out and he was like, okay. So I added some, um, rum and he's like, not alcohol flavor, Yeah, <laughs> you know, cause it's morning time. And so he did maple and rum. And then he had like this, the creme brulee burner and he was toasting oh. my spices as they fell into my coffee. And then he put a little bit of black salt in there. Like that's oh, craft coffee. You like he the created, experience of he the created a mixology art. of a, right. Yes, okay. the mix, mixology it. and art. Coffee. And, um, Got it. and I love, I love meeting the people who choose um, to kind of break out of the mold. Yes. And because you are the break out of the mold of type of gal. Um, and I love that they're creating gathering spaces and community around coffee rather than just serving coffee. Yes. Um, and so, uh, that's probably the bigger draw. I'm like, I really just love being in the presence of people who love people. I'm surprised Um, you haven't opened up one yourself yet. Girl, don't get me started. I go back and forth and, and then I'm like, wait, was that an Amber conversation or is Jesus like you could open a coffee shop? I don't know. Um, you can have the spiritual nips and you can have like the different meetings and host Bible studies and women's groups. And I don't know. Like you just snuck in and read my vision board and that was rude. <laughs> I... <laughs> you know, I tend to have that. <laughs> it's that sixth sense, you know, sometimes God just downloads something and my mouth opens and they're like, wait, what? Get out of Isn't my that a business. Pro- like, isn't that a prophet? I don't know how I feel about you right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> again, another word I'm not picking. Um, but I have some weird, crazy insights some days. And my sister will tell you some of the conversations we have. And she's like, don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. Don't and then three, three months later, she's like, I told you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I tried to tell you. I don't know. I don't know. You, it's. I'm still working on trusting myself with some of the downloads that God just sprinkles because it's scary. And um, yeah, but that's real. He's definitely at work. So whatever you yep. picked up, let him do what he needs to do with you. So I'm gonna leave that there. <laughs> that's real. <laughs> And I am going to just really end this there, but thank you so, 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 so much on your transparency, your honesty, actually even sharing us insight to who you are as an individual, who you are as a coach, who you are as God's daughter. And it's always an honor to speak with you. And we should do this more. I don't know why we for podcasts, but <laughs> uh, we have to do it at six in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you are like, we, I promise are made from the same cloth. And so I just appreciate you and always when I come knock, knock, knocking, <laughs> you're pretty willing. <laughs> and so I just appreciate you helping me go through the trenches of 
honoring my obedience that was once disobedience. Because like I said, by the time I come to you, there's been some work already done that got like, look, little girl, you don't get it together. <laughs> so, I know that story. I know that story. <laughs> don't ask me how I know that story, but I know that story. Oh, I appreciate it. You go and enjoy the rest of your day. Um, and I just thank You're you gonna so much. You're going to feel so extra productive today. I just know it. Thank you so much for listening to the Live Life Out Loud Conversations podcast with Coach Amber and I. Don't forget to check out her website, hercatalystcoaching.com for coaching information and look at her um, packages. And if you listen to today's podcast all the way, there's a special promotion code there for you to use. So don't miss out on that. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving week and we'll be back next week with more podcasts for you to enjoy.